Hello, and thanks for listening to Redemption Church in Crystal City, Missouri. We have a special message today from Pastor Josh Gray, and we believe that you're going to be encouraged with us. Everybody, no matter if you're Christian, non-Christian, believe in God, don't, you're, you're living life to try to fulfill needs. You're living life trying to fulfill something, whether you know it or not. You're trying to fulfill something that's within, something that's hungering for something, that we all hunger for something more, but we have a choice to decide if we're gonna look to fulfill those inner needs from God or the world. The world obviously chooses the world, and and unfortunately, the church so many times chooses the world. The church tries to find that, that emptiness from things of the world. It's like this, you can't take a square box, like like a little kid, they take a square box and they try to put it into the circle. It just doesn't work. You can try as many different ways and different shapes and different angles that you can try, but it doesn't ever work. You'll never get that fulfillment, it'll never be complete until you put the right pieces together. And in life, we we try to take the wrong piece and put it in a certain area of our life, and we wonder why things don't feel complete. We wonder why things don't feel like anything's changed. In church, we accept Christ, and very often, that's as far as people ever get. I believe in him, I'll go to church, but they never feel a fulfillment because they're never walking it out. They're never going forward with it. That, yes, it may be a sacrifice to the flesh at first to try to walk forward in Christ, but as you do, you begin to realize it wasn't a sacrifice at all. It was one of the greatest decisions you ever made. I know there can be times as you get busy, and the enemy tries to to lie to you. That you'll begin to get in the word, you begin to get in prayer, you begin to start feeling fulfilled, complete, you begin to feel great. And then times get busy and you're not in it like you used to be and all of a sudden you're looking for something again. You start feeling empty again. You start going, well, why have you been seeking God? Why am I feeling this way again? But a lot of times God's trying to get you to another level. God's trying to take you from where you are and get you to where he wants you. It's not saying that you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't always mean that that you've messed up. It just means God has more for you. That God has greater plans for you than you do. That it says his thoughts are greater than your thoughts. That that what he tries to do is he's saying, okay, I'm going to put more of a hunger inside of them for me. I want to get them on a new level a new relationship, but then it's our decision on where we go looking to fulfill that hunger. It's our decision what steps we take to get there. Are we willing to do what it takes to get get to where God wants us? Are we willing to do it? We say yes, but when the time comes, will we really do it? If God calls you to a fast, will you do it? If God calls you to give up something, will you do it? It may seem so small. Coffee, for example, if you all know, I love coffee. 
And since we got back from our conference, I don't know what it is, I haven't been able to drink coffee. There's been such a conviction come over me that it doesn't mean that coffee's wrong or bad. It just means there may be certain areas of my life that God's just wanting me to be obedient in. Maybe he sees I'm, I'm relying on my coffee too much. An addiction of any type is wrong. And whether God tells me tomorrow you can have coffee again or for the rest of my life I never get to drink coffee again, I don't care. I just want to be obedient. Will you be obedient in the small things? As you're obedient in the small things, he can begin to entrust you in the greater things. So when things in your life seem of little importance, will you still be obedient? Or will you question it and talk yourself out of it? When individuals come to me and say, Pastor, is this a sin? I don't know. Why, but I just need to know, is this a sin? If you have to come to me and ask me if this is a sin, God's probably dealing with you on it. It may not be in this word that it's a sin, but if you feel a conviction about it, let it go. And if you can't let it go, there's where the problem comes in. So I don't want to let it go. Well, that may be the problem. There's been things I didn't want to let go, but God... Basically took it away. There's been times I've said, God, if you don't want me to do this anymore, then you're going to have to take it away. Now, I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. But I'm saying there have been instances that way. But where we need to get is saying, God, whatever you want out, show me. Whatever you need me to eliminate, show me. And whatever you need me to pick up, I'll pick up. But a lot of times, we're holding on to something too tightly that we can never grab a hold of what God wants us to until we lay down something else. How much time are we spending to fulfill our fleshly needs? How much time was I spending on coffee, making pots of coffee every day? Drinking pots of coffee every day. And I mean pots and pots and pots. This was the first year that summer comes, I usually give it up, but the first year I kept going. But there's not even a desire there anymore. But I'm telling you, some things may seem dumb. Coffee? But what is it that God's working in you on? What is it that God's saying, we need to begin to tweak the little things first, and then we'll deal with the bigger issues? A lot of times, we're too quick to judge people. Did you hear his foul mouth? He's been going to church and says he's a Christian. Do you know what else God may be dealing with him on that's more important than his or her foul mouth? Do you know what God may be working on them on that's a lot bigger of an issue than their tongue? He'll get to that later. But I'm telling you, there may be other things that we just don't see that God needs dealing with you on. And this is what needs to change first. And as this changes, then you can begin to change this. But the heart needs to begin to change. And as God begins to change your heart, then you can begin to work on your mind. 
And as you begin to work on your mind, your tongue begins to change. People say, well, how did you stop cursing? Because I began to work on this. After God touched this, I began to work on this. Well, I still can't get stop saying this or saying that. Well, first of all, what are you putting into your mind? What are you listening to? People say, you won't watch that movie. There's nothing bad in it. The profanity. The profanity. Well, that's not a big deal. We hear it all the time in the world. Well, just because we hear it somewhere doesn't make it right that we should listen to more. Why fill ourselves up with more evil than we're already receiving in this world? Why listen to it all the time at work? Well, then that's enough it should be, right? It's like saying, I'm at work and I, I'm around cigarette smoke all day long, so I may as well just smoke, right? I'm gonna get cancer anyhow. I mean, that's kind of an excuse we use too, you know? Well, they say this gives you cancer and that gives you cancer and this gives you cancer, so may as well do all that stuff too because I'm gonna get it one way or another. That we just begin to compromise everything. We try to find our fulfillment in things of the world, but there's something deeper. You know, you may have a job that you go to that you may love or you may hate it. Let's ask you, how many of y'all love your job? How many of y'all hate your job? How many of y'all are just, and how many of y'all are just okay with your job? And there, there's different areas you may be with your job, but let me tell you something. It does not, no matter how much you love your job, it does not fulfill your deepest needs. It will never fulfill your deepest needs. Why work for a church? That's still not gonna fulfill your deepest needs. Working for God is what then begins to fulfill your deeper needs. Working for him, saying, God, what do you want me to do? Because we were designed in a way to serve him. And when we're not serving him, we're not feeling, feeling fulfilled. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. When you begin to step out to serve him, it may hurt. Because your flesh doesn't want to. Your flesh is saying, why in the world did I sign up for this? Why in the world am I doing this? But as your obedience continues, the rewards begin to fall in place. As the obedience continues, the fulfillment and the blessings begin to fall in place. But you have to stick out that initial part that we, we like to step out, and then when it doesn't feel good, we step back out of it. God, I'm going to follow your calling not any longer. God, I'm going to follow your calling, but not all of it. God, I want to be in your will, but I still want to keep some of my will. And then we wonder why we never have a, a fulfillment feeling. There should never be a place in our life that we're completely satisfied. There should never be, well, I'm satisfied. I did good for God. I'm done. No, there should always be a hunger that's stirring up inside of us to do more for him. And the more we begin to do for him, the more we begin to feel fulfilled. The more we begin to step out in, the greater it begins to feel. Tell you what, when I lost my, my job years back, when me and the wife first got married, I went to the church and just said, 
what can I do? And I'm telling you what, doing the things, the little things that I could felt amazing. I wasn't getting paid for it. If I would have got paid for it, I would have hated it. I would have hated it. Why? Because I would have been working on demand and not for God. I didn't go to get paid. I went to, to serve. I went to do something for God. What toilets can I clean? What can I do? You need CDs made? I'll make CDs. You need this done? I'll do that. You need this done? I'll do that. Whatever it was, I just felt great that I could take a part of doing kingdom work, of doing something to build the kingdom, to advance things. Oh, you're going on a trip, Pastor? Here, I'll go work the book table for you. You're going on a trip? Let me come. I'll be a catcher. And just begin to, to do things for God and say, what can I do, Lord? I want to serve you. I want to serve you. It begins to change your life. Your job isn't what life is all about. Jesus didn't say, go out and get a good job. Never did it say, it said, go out and don't be lazy. But it never said, go out and get a good job. Make sure you're making some good money and you'll feel fulfilled. No, actually, there's a lot of times he said, give it all away and follow me. Because he knew that following after him would be more rewarding than following after the world. Because why? Because he knew how he designed us. He designed us in a way to serve him. That our flesh says, serving somebody can't fulfill me. Yes, serving somebody won't, but serving God will. Who are you serving? What are you serving? We have to begin to step out and serve him. And the greatest thing is with this, when you serve him, he's given you gifts, things that you're good at to serve him with. He's not saying, well, what's gonna make you miserable? He's saying, these are what you're good at. This is what I can use you in. This was the reason I gave you this gift so you could serve me in that area. So you could get excited and say, I'm doing something great for God. I'm doing something to impact the kingdom. You know, he said to go out and what? Make disciples. To go out and make disciples. Just serving in your community for God can help you go out and make disciples. Going to Walmart, when you say you'll never go to Walmart, y'all weren't here last week or Sunday, you don't know what I'm talking about, but I said, I never go to Walmart. And since I said, I never go to Walmart, as soon as I leave service, God directed me to Walmart. But I was able to minister to people there that ended up in Arnold, ended up living in Crystal City. And I believe they're gonna show up here one day. But listening and being obedient, you go, wow. It's awesome because you go, wow, God. I did hear from you. I really didn't want to come. Even when you go to Walmart and it's a nightmare, more than you ever experienced because you were obedient, you still are so blessed by it because you were in the will of God. You were doing what God's called you to do. The little things that he calls you to do, will you do it? The things that seem little to you, God's up there going, I have a bigger plan. I'm planting seeds right now. I'm planting seeds for the future because I have a harvest coming. 
Will you be one of the ones that will plant these seeds for me? Will you be obedient and plant these seeds here and plant those seeds there? You may never see the outcome of it, but as long as he does, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. He says, go out and make disciples. How? By using your gifts. By reaching out. When you reach out, you let God use you. You get an opportunity, listen to this, you get an opportunity for God to let you reach another human being. That you get the opportunity to allow God to use you to touch another soul. To help bring another one into the kingdom of heaven. It says when one, one person repents, when one person accepts the Lord Jesus Christ, that the angels are rejoicing. The angels are rejoicing, and we should be out making disciples daily. We should be out that the angels are up there rejoicing nonstop because the kingdom of heaven is advancing. What more of a reward do you want than saying, wow, God's using me to advance his kingdom. That God's using me. This world is filled. How many billions of people in this world? Does anybody know? There's a lot. And out of all these billions of people, God says, Pastor Amy, I want to use you. Lee, at Walmart today, I want to use you. At Domino's today, Jeff, I want to use you. And then as he uses you and you win one like we've seen, and then he wins one, and then all of a sudden, it begins to spread like wildfire. All of a sudden, the kingdom of heaven begins to advance more and more. It shouldn't be slowing down in the end days. It should be progressing because we are stepping out and doing what God's called us to because we're stepping out and doing something more. That's why I don't feel bad when I ask you to get involved. Why? Because I'm giving you an opportunity to be used by God like you've never imagined. When you come to an outreach and you help here, you're not serving me, you're serving God. Because we're on the same team. We're on the same team. We're all working for one purpose, for kingdom work, for God, to be obedient before him. I've heard people say, wow, it's just so neat to see a pastor being involved in things like this. What else would I wanna be involved in? Why wouldn't I want to be involved in reaching out and doing what God's called us to do? There's no other way to live. We must live for him. I've tried to find happiness in the world, but nothing has given me more joy than seeing a life changed and knowing I let God use me to help change that person. I'm telling you what, the excitement, the excitement that you get, just... I remember being in church and bringing somebody to church and all of a sudden you see their hand go up for that altar call. Yes, yes, Lord. And then they go forward and you see them tears begin to come down their face. Thank you, God, that I was obedient before you today. Thank you, Lord. But our lives need to show it in order to get somebody there. Talking about it doesn't just do it. 
You can be the biggest heathen out there and talk to somebody about God and they're going to go, yeah, whatever, dude. People want to see something in you. And when you've got God in you, you should begin to shine. That glory should begin to shine all over you. There should be a little, a little part of what God's glory shined on Moses should be shining on us. When we go into the world, we're supposed to be the light in the darkness. How can we be the light if we're being a part of the darkness? How can we ever expect to be light if we are darkness? We have to step out of the darkness and receive what God has for us. We have to step out of it and say, God, I want what you have. That way, when we go back out there to reach them and make disciples, they see that we're not of them. They see that we're something different. They see something in us that they say, I want. That they should be able to watch our lives and go, this ain't normal. This isn't normal. You should be walking past, and you, we need to have a relationship with Christ so strong that we walk past individuals, and they see, they feel, and sense the presence of God on us. We're children of God. They should look at us and say, that's a child of God's. They should be able, we have the DNA of Christ written all over us. When we accept him as our Lord and Savior, we now have his DNA. We now have something more that when we go out, people can look at us and they can say, well, I can tell he's white or I can tell he's this or he's that or he's whatever. They should be able to look at us and see the same thing. That's a child of God's. That, I know who that is. And you know what? Maybe they don't know God and then they just say, there's something different about you. There's something different about you. I can see it all over you. I don't know. I've heard that so many times. I don't know what it is, but there's something different about you. Why do they say that? Because they don't know my father. How can they say I look like my father if they don't know my father? But they should see there's something different than the rest of the world and who their father is. Who's your master? Who are you serving? We need to get out and serve him like we've never served before. And I'm not talking about, I'm not preaching about serving in this house. I'm talking about out there. I'm talking about making an impact, making a difference for Christ. And when you do, the, the, the rewards and the blessing you receive inside of you are so great. I would rather have the blessings that I receive from doing kingdom work than any blessings this world could think of. When I say God wants to see you blessed, he wants to see you blessed in a way that you're truly blessed and fulfilled. And let me tell you, blessings of this world will never fulfill you. Wow, he, he must be doing something right. Look at all the money he has. Or maybe he's doing something wrong, who knows? People that do things wrong have a lot of money too. Heard people talk about pastors that are in the wrong. Well, he's got to be doing something right. It don't mean he's got to be doing anything right. Maybe he's just telling them what they want to hear. But what are you doing to fulfill your inner needs? Your flesh doesn't want you to think it's an inner need. Your flesh will continue to lie to you. Ephesians 2.10 
It says, for we, and this is in the Amplified. It says, for we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. It says, his own masterwork. A work of art created in Jesus Christ, reborn from above. Spiritually transformed, renewed, listen to this, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand. He prepared for this beforehand. Beforehand, he prepared us to do kingdom work. So when he designed you and when he made you, he already had a plan in mind of what he'd use you for. And he said, this is what I want to use her for, and these are the gifts that she's going to need. These are the tools that she will need in order to do my work. And I have a plan and a purpose for that person, and I'm going to put it all together, it says, beforehand. Beforehand. You didn't accept Christ and go, okay, God, Guess you didn't know I was going to do this. Now what are we going to do? Wish we would have thought about this sooner. Oh, he did. It says he did beforehand. He knew you before you were even formed. It says, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we could walk in them living the good life. Living what? Living the good life, which he what? Prearranged and made ready for us. He prearranged all this. He said, I want you to live the good life and I'm gonna prearrange it. So now what you need to do is follow in my plan I have for you and you'll begin to live the good life. How do you live the good life? By following his calling and his plan he has for your life. You say, well, that don't look too good for my eyes. It may not because you're looking through fleshly eyes. But as you begin to walk in it, things that were already prearranged, things that were already set in place beforehand and made ready for us, then we walk them out and begin to live the good life. How many of y'all want to live the good life? We were created to do good works, and God planned it ahead of time. We were created to do good works, and God planned it ahead of time. It was no accident and is no accident that you're here tonight. It's no accident that you stumbled upon Christ. It's no accident that you decided to make a decision to follow him. It's no accident that the giftings you have were placed in you beforehand because he had a plan for your life. He knew you were coming before mama knew you were coming. He had a plan for you before mama had a plan for you. I love this by Bill Hybels. What if you could say this? Do you, he said, I love this. Do you know what I did today? I teamed up with God to change the world. That's what we should be. Do you know what I did today? I teamed up with God to change the world. That's what we're doing. We're teaming up with God to change the world. How many of you want to team up 
with God, the creator of it all, to help change this world. That that's what we've been called to do. And he says, not only do I want you to, to team up with me and do this work, but I've given you the tools you need to do it. He doesn't just send us out there and say, good luck. Good luck. Happy sailing. No, he says, I've already had this plan designed for you. I've been waiting for you to grab a hold of it. You haven't been waiting on him. He's been waiting on you. He's been waiting on you. God loves you and wants to see you live life in the way he designed. He knows what you're looking for and he knows what will fulfill you. You all believe that, right? Then why is it that we turn to things that we think that will fulfill us? When we know that he knows what will fulfill us. If we would just begin to say, God, I've done this enough times to know by now that what I want isn't what I need. That what I want isn't what fulfills me. That what my flesh cries out for is the thing I should be running from the, the fastest It blows my mind away. We've done it enough times to know by now that the things of our flesh doesn't make us happy. But we continue to try it again and again and again. God help us. Robert, why don't you come up here? Actually, no, there you are. I don't know why I couldn't see you, Ken. Come on up. It's like this, right? I'm glad Pastor Craig put the uh, jacket on me the way he said. Try this on for me. <laughs> Sometimes we try to put on things that don't quite fit us right. We try to do things that we haven't been called to do. But God knows what will fit us right. He knows what we need on. And you know what? For a short period of time, it may do the trick for a little while. But eventually, he starts feeling out of place. Eventually, it just doesn't fulfill him anymore. Eventually, he feels like he's, he's doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Look good. I got to put this back on before you stretch it out. <laughs> Give him a hand clap. But... You begin to feel out of place like something's wrong. You may put something on for a, a period of time and go, okay, this is what I need, but you begin to realize it's not fitting properly. You begin to realize it's really not doing the trick you thought it would do. You begin to look at it and say, well, when I, when I got this, it looked great. And when things are on the rack, they look great. But just because it looks great, when you embrace it and grab a hold of it and put it on, you begin to find out the truth. I've seen clothes, I'm like, wow, that shirt looks awesome. I put it on and go, oh my gosh, that ain't for me. It looked good when it was sitting out there, but it doesn't mean it's for you. It doesn't mean it's what will fulfill you. It doesn't mean it's what God's calling you to. And there may be things in your life that you've been praying for. And you begin to say, wow, this looks exactly what I've been praying for. And God begins to take away that peace. 
and you just say, okay, God, then this isn't what you want for me. It may look all perfect and look great, but it may not fit you. It may fit someone else and someone else's calling, but it doesn't mean it's yours. Don't try to, to, to walk in the footsteps of somebody else except for Christ. Don't try to walk in my footsteps. Don't try to walk in anybody else's. Walk in the footsteps of Christ. Say, Christ, I just want what you want for me. I want to do what you've called me to do. And you begin to follow after him, and you begin to follow after him with everything. We get miserable when we just do part way. Well, yes, I'm standing on God. I'm standing on Christ, but only part way. And then before you know it, we'll become a gimp Christian that walks around miserable. Well, you know what? I'm putting another foot in, but a lot of times what happens, we take another foot out. God, I'm gonna follow you with this one. And we walk around miserable because we're only part way in. We, we don't get the, the rewards for the flesh and we don't get the rewards for the spirit because we're sitting there just serving, what, two masters. That it says you can't serve two masters. So to serve Christ and you serve that master, the Lord Jesus Christ, you, you gotta serve them all in. Otherwise, if you're serving him and the enemy, you're really only serving one master. And that's the enemy. You have to jump all the way in. And maybe, and I don't want to discourage you tonight to think, well, I've been messing up. No, it's just about going forward saying, I want more. Going forward saying, God, perfect me. Going forward saying, God, whatever you want in my life, begin. It's a transforming process. It's a, it's a process that we go through. But our heart needs to be right in order to accept the transformation. When we, we align our heart with, with the will of God, that's when he can begin to transform us. When we feel sometimes that it needs to be an overnight thing, then we get discouraged because it didn't happen. I'm not as spiritual as these people. Just, it's just never, I've been doing this for too long. It's just never gonna, if it ain't happened by now, it ain't ever gonna happen. Well, maybe you just need to jump in a little further. And remember, he does have a plan and he knew what you'd do and he set the plan out beforehand already knowing what course you'd take. So he knew the mistakes that you'd make and he still had a plan for you. He knew the things that you'd do wrong. He knew know the times that you'd say, no, God, and he still had a plan for you. He knew the times that you'd sin against him, and he still sent his son because he loved you that much. He loved you that much. Let's put it this way. A child is born, right? What if we took that child and we just threw him out in the wilderness we watched him grow and not being taught anything. No parents, no anything, just, just throw them out there. That wasn't the design that was planned for him. That wasn't the design that was planned for him. He becomes uneducated in what the world would call dumb, stupid, whatever you want to call it. Why? Because he wasn't designed to be brought up that way. That God had a purpose for everything, even in our flesh, to be designed to be, have parents. 
to have somebody guiding us, have somebody using us, leading us, that he designed our flesh that way. But, but if you look at it, it was a representation of how our spirit man is, that we were designed to be led, to be led by someone who knows more than us. That's the way we were designed, to follow after someone that knows more than us. A child needs training. He needs guidance in the same way with our spiritual lives. We walk around without any wisdom and don't understand the Bible or God. But when we are a place where we were designed to be, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. We were designed to be taught, to learn, and to follow. But then, as the child grows up, the plan is now that that child gets in his adult years and he begins or she begins to train up others, to lead others, continuing to follow after one, but now training up more. And this is what God has done, called us to do for his kingdom, to follow after him and now disciple others to follow after him. To be like him. And what's great is, as a parent, how many of y'all are parents out here? You want your kids to know more than you. To be better than you. To have greater things than you. To be more blessed than you. And in the spiritual realm, as we're discipling others, that should be our goal for them, to train them up in a way that they don't have to go through the same things we went through, to train them up in a way that they can begin to train others in a greater way than we're training them, than we're discipling them. It shouldn't be a competition going, oh man, I don't want them to know more than me. It should be in a competition going, oh man, I don't want them to, to end up starting a church. That'd be bad. What if they start a church and some people want to go with them? Well, what if you lead them up to start a church and send some people with them? That not that what we've been called to do, to go out and make disciples? And then why not encourage others to go out and do the same thing? Because if you're making a disciple, you're making another disciple and another disciple and another disciple. That it needs to continue to flow and continue to go. Is a nine, back to the jobs, is a nine to five job really satisfying? Does it give you that feeling like you've done something? Does it make you feel complete? Do you, or do you feel there's more out there? Do you feel like you just aren't doing what you've been created to do? You can change all that today. You can change all that today. God has designed us to reach out to want more from life, to desire to be used, to desire, listen to that. He's designed us with a desire to want to be used, to feel like we've accomplished something. He's designed us with that feeling inside a need of accomplishment, to know we've taken a step out and done something for our creator. 
There's not a better feeling than seeing someone's life change because you decided to step out and be used by God. Because you decided to be obedient. Because you decided to to let your flesh go and say, God, I'm running with the spirit, man. God, I'm doing something more. Because you said, here I am, God, use me. It's the... The feeling of saying, look, God, you've done so much for me, and I've started here to show you how much I appreciate it. I know I can never repay you, but I can spend the rest of my life trying. I know you've done so much for me already, God. I want to show everybody else what you've done for them. God, that I'm so blessed by what you've put inside of me, Lord. I'm so blessed by doing your will that you've set out for me, God. I need to show the rest of the world what this is about. You should be so excited what God's doing in you that you go out and tell the world. You should be so excited about the opportunity to be used by God that you run out and say, you have to do this. That that you run out and say, man, you do not know what God's been doing in my life that you should turn, as they say, turn that frown upside down. Because when you find God, you should now get excited. You should get excited. And no matter what you're doing, well, that looks miserable. Looks are deceiving. There's been a lot of things that look fun, and it ain't. There's been a lot of things my flesh has ran after, but it was to kill me. But in everything God does is out of love because he loves you that much. When he put a plan for your life, it was because he loved you. When he gave you your gifts, it was because he loved you. When he designed you the way he designed you, it was because he loved you. We hope you've enjoyed the message today from Redemption Church. For more information or to partner with us financially, please visit us at www.redemptionchurchstl.com.